Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Hi, my name is Lolade. Welcome to the Gap Church, um, where we're filling the gap through freedom, freedom, and the truth. Um, who was here for the Gap Social? If you don't do who, I know I saw you eating. Who was there for the Gap Social? <laughs> I know, because I, I saw you eating, so you can't do that. Um, anyways, thank you all for coming. Last week we had the Gap Social and we had Vision Sunday where we talked about the vision of the church, the mission in the heart of the Father for each and every one of us in the Gap Church and even in the body of Christ. And so today I'm going to be t- I'm teaching us, today specifically I'm going to be teaching us um, on a very, I think it's very important because it's almost like a next step as to the season that we're just coming out from. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word that we are about to go into. Holy Spirit, we ask that you bring our hearts together. Bring our minds and help our minds be at a lot. We silence every voice of destruction in the name of Jesus. We open our hearts. Make our hearts like a sponge. Able to soak in your word, oh God. Make it like a soil, oh God, that is able to take in the seed. In the name of Jesus. Take all the glory for in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know what's fine. I'm trying to move this forward, but it's all right. Um, anyways, hi, like I said, my name is Lola Day, and today we're not starting a new series. We are just gonna I have a topic for us soon, very soon, by God's grace, maybe we would have a series, but I have a topic. But I'm gonna start this with a story. I'm gonna start this with a story, please. I want all our minds, I know, but I want all our minds to be. Amen. I want all our minds to be here. Please, let's be wary of distractions. If you need to drop your phones, whatever you need to do, please do it because you need to pay attention. It's a flow. If you lose the flow, it might be hard. So please, I want us to pay attention. Please, let's have our notes, pens. Like I said, I'm going to be teaching us a little bit. We're going to do a little bit of teaching today. So please, let's have our notes. Like I said, I'm going to be starting with a story of um, it's a minister that I know um, and I follow and he shared the story, and it just aligned with what I was going to talk about today. So this minister of God is a, is a, is a music minister, and he plays the instrument. Um, now he's more than that, but then he was at a music ministry position, and he used to play the instrument. And he belongs to a church, born and bred in the church, understood spiritual things, understood things about God. And so in this church, they had a conference, almost like the Gap Conference. And he was on the keys and they had a guest minister ministering. And so while the guest minister was ministering, the guy was playing the keys. He stops and he turns to the guy on the key. And so the first thing he thought to himself, like, oh, did I play something wrong? Or maybe I've done something. You know, just that thought when they're playing, the band is playing, and everybody's just looking at them in a particular way and looking down like something wrong. That vibe. So he was like, maybe I did something wrong. And the guest minister walks up to him to the point of the right in front of the instrument. And as he was walking, the guy said he thought to himself, flight or hide, flight or hide. But he sat there, and the guest minister walked up to him and started to prophesy and told him that the Lord has called him and is going to give him sounds from heaven. Specific prophecy. He said, sounds from heaven. You're going to be hearing sounds that no one has heard before. And he told them, he said that um, the Lord is going to be releasing you into a new season 
of music, but not just music, not ordinary music. And so he spoke and spoke and spoke, and everybody was just like, amen, and all of that. And so the guest minister had like a napkin, something like this, prayed, almost like a mantle vibe, put it on him, prayed for him, and left, or went back into his sermon. You know, for him to stop that way and turn, it was like being, God really was like, I need to visit him during the service. And so after the service, like we all do, when the prophecy is released, everybody goes to the person and like, God bless you. Pray for the person. People that want to receive what is not theirs will receive it. Amen. Um, and so obviously the guy too was just like, God bless you. Because he's like, I'm in my new season, so talk to me you know, well. So that night he went home um, excited. He said, the, the prophet said, I'm going to receive something. A sound from heaven. I said that night, it was specific. He thought to himself, what part of my ears hear best? And he said, the right one. So he slept, left down, right up. No distraction so that the sound can come from heaven. He woke up the following morning, no sound. He said, okay, I guess the right, my only ear during the day. And he left to hear at night. So the following day, left. Put it up into the heavens. This time, he even so specific, put the mantle under his pillow. He said, nothing, nothing will stop this flow. Nothing. Third day, he said, okay, the sound might be heavy. My two ears need to be up. So he slept facing up, direct, no, close the window. Maybe the problem is the window. Some people are peeping from the window. Closed everywhere, mantle, pillow, everything. Nothing. Six months in, nothing. No sound, no angel singing, nothing. And that takes me to my message today. My topic for today is what's next? What's next? What's next after the word? What's next after the assignment, the calling, the purpose, the instruction? What's next? Many, many messages ago, Dara preached something called scattered seeds, right? Right? I said you bring out your note, right? What is the seed? What is the seed? Wow, okay, just checking. The seed is the word of God. Like I said, we're doing nice, I'm going, to, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching, so I want us to flow with me. The seed is the word of God. And it's important that we know that the devil is not afraid of a person that receives the word. He's afraid of a person that understands the word. So he's not afraid that you have a prophetic calling over your life or there was a prophetic word upon you. He's afraid of the person that can take that, take that word and multiply it. That's where the fear actually starts. Not when the, the altar is, the word is being spoken. And so I wrote something here that is very profound. I said, I said it takes engaging the word with understanding for it to, to make sense or apply accordingly in your life. It takes engaging the word with understanding. The Bible says understanding will what keep you. So it takes engaging the word with understanding for it to make sense or apply accordingly in your life. And so I'm taking my entire, because today, like I said, I'm teaching us on what's next. What happens after I've received the word? That's a process. The steps that take between when the word comes as a seed and when it becomes a fruit. We are so excited to see the fruit that we don't forget that there's a process between the seed time and the harvest time. And so today I'm going to be talking about the process between seed time and harvest time. And please, can I have my Bible text because everything is coming from this one text. Colossians 2 from verse 6 to 7. Thank you. And okay, so what is the seed? The word, perfect. John 1, 14 says the word made flesh. So who's the word? So every time you see Jesus, change it to the word. Got that? All right. And now just as you accepted, 
you must continue to follow it. Seven, let your roots grow down into with it and let your lives be built on it. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Can I have NKJV, please? It says, as you therefore have received, as you therefore have received, so walk in it, rooted and built up in it, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And so right there is the three things and three process that happens between when you receive the word and when it overflows and becomes a tree, a fruit. Can I have my picture, please? Because I'm going to teach everything from my picture. So the first step that happens after you receive the word, the process of growth is to be rooted like a tree, to be built up like a building, and to be established. Then you overflow like a flooding river. It's first to be rooted like a tree, be built up like a building, and then be established. Then you can overflow. So my first one is what to be rooted in him. What happened when I get the word? It is time for the word to take root inside of me. We have someone who received the word, received a prayer, even received a mantle, but nothing happened because it didn't take time to get that word to be rooted inside of him. What happens? How does the word get rooted inside of you? The Bible says that when you get a seed and you bury it, what does it do first? He dies. So this is, a t- this is the time where you spend away from people. This is the time when you spend in the secret place, where you now take that word and begin to back it up with the word of God. Where you take that word and begin to back it up with prayer. Now, where you, bury that, where you bury the word is important because if you're not buried in the right company, it chokes out the word. When you're not buried in the right soil, it chokes out the word. And so this is my beautiful picture, and this is where everything is going to be coming from this beautiful day. And so now one day, many, many moons ago, this tree was a seed. Yes. Okay, just checking. Was a seed. It didn't just start being a tree. It started from a seed. And the first thing that happens when you bury the seed is it starts to take root. And it doesn't just go one down, it goes different ways, right? And so when you take that word and you bury it inside of you, you start to spread out your roots. And so now I'm not just praying about the word I got. I'm going into the word of God to find the word that applies to it. I'm finding those who have been called into that same calling and I'm finding mentors. And I'm finding the right church to go to. And then I'm finding the right company to be around. And so if anything happens to this part, there's this part that helps support and probably brings out this part. Amen. And so now you are not just planted in the wrong place. And so if you get an instruction, you get a word, even from this altar, and you take it back home, do you just hold it as a seed or do you plant it inside of you? Because we rush to get that word and we want to start manifesting that word. The planting season is one of the most important parts because the foundation of this tree determines how long it's going to grow. How deep it goes is determines how high it's going to go. If you ever plant corn before, you know. The deeper it goes, the taller it becomes. And so even anything comes, even when I'm still trying to get to this point of my tree, I can still stand because my foundation is strong. 
So God forbid anything happens to the prophet that, said, that sent the word forth. And we heard that God forbid he fornicated. Your word is not being, shook, it's not being taken away from you. Because it's not, you didn't just take it as, remember it was a seed. And so the next thing that happens when that word comes, and because of my time I'm trying to move, is that you now get built up. So after you've been rooted, now you've buried the word inside of you with prayer. You've gone to understand what the word of the Lord says about it. You're not just taking it hook, like line and sinker. We're not going from conference to conference, waiting for prophets to start and another prophet to finish it for you. It has been rooted in you. Now what the Lord does that because you are rooted in him, it starts to build you up. And that's my favorite part of this tree because that's th- it's this part of the tree, the trunk part of the tree from here to here. That is the transport system of the tree. So whatever this tree is being, whatever is here, is sent through here to the tree. So this is one of the most important parts. Yet the foundation is important. But whatever is, whatever is wrong in this foundation goes up to the tree through the trunk. And the trunk is divided into two parts. There's the outer layer and the inner layer. The outer layer of the trunk is dead. The inner layer has living cells. So what the Lord does in the building season is that he kills your outer layer, which is your flesh. And he brings alive the inner layer, which is your spirit. And so the inner layer is what takes the nutrient from down here and the water up to the tree. So everything that you've done here, that you've been rooted in here. So before that fruit comes, everything is going through the inner layer. Going through your spirit. This is the time when the Lord will start speaking consecration to you. We've gotten to the part in this season... The consecration is different. But on the other side, we can't do things the same way. I said it two, two weeks ago. Your requirement is different. So this time the Lord might be asking you. Because I got a word that said that I'm going to be a prophet. Another person got a word that said they're going to be a music minister. The consecration of a prophet is from the consecration of a music minister. And so if I'm building a house, the Bible talks about building, you know, they said that if anyone who builds their house on the rock or on the foundation that is the rock, when the storm, the wind comes, it doesn't take it away. So this is the place where comparison cannot even happen, must not happen. Because if I'm building a six story and a 25 story, they are different. The materials that I'm going to use for the 25 story and the materials I'll use for the six story is different. You're building a wood, building a house of wood and building a house of glass. So the materials I'm going to buy will be different. So if the Lord is asking you to fast three days and your friend is being asked to fast one day and you're saying, God, how is he fasting one day? I know the things he goes through. I know all the sin he has committed. I know everything. He needs three. I need one. <laughs> Consecration is different. You don't know if that one day requires him not to eat at all. And your three days you can break at 12. It's a time where the Lord expects you to set up, be set apart. And you know what funny thing about the trunk is that the tr- most of the trunk is built under. You, yes, you see a tree as tall as it is, most of the trunk is down. So you must, this is a season where you're still under. That's not a season where you're trying to come out. Because that's where the shedding happens. Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it talks about, it said, when a seed is buried and it dies, it gets a new body. Because can you imagine if I planted this as a corn and by the time it comes here, it's looking like the exact same seed that came down here. But you're expecting a fruit with many seeds. So it gains a new body. You're built up. Amen. Amen. 
And then the last part is that you are established firmly. You know, and I love this part. Because this is the part a lot of us, we, we quickly skip all this part because we want to get established. So we quickly, maybe we'll just do like two. My tree is not shaking. So I'll just put like two spreads, two roots, and then maybe one very tiny looking sick trunk. But I'm, I want to quickly come out. But the Bible says specifically in, I think, if, I'm going to read from Ephesians 4, 13 to 15. It says, till we all come to the unity of faith and knowledge, God's son, knowledge of God's son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, it says that then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. This is the point where you are established such a way that if somebody else comes and tells you that you who knew, based on the time you spent with God, based on the instructions you've heard from God, that the Lord has called you to the government, you're going into politics, and you've been doing your research, you have your mentors, somebody else cannot come and tell you that you're meant to be a preacher. Because now your foundation, you have built it solid in him. You know the things that you have heard. I said, I gave an example, I think, to the prayer department. I said that, it's almost like a marriage. Many, many moons into the marriage. Things are looking <laughs> just not the way it should look. But you remember the word the Lord told you. And so you can go back to him and be like, Father, this man and woman is beginning to act, amen, not right. But I know the word that you told me. And so when the wind comes, just little trials, you are established in him. Not in the prophet. Not in the pastor, but in him. This is the part, the, the, the favorite part, because after a while, when you are established in him, you don't need a prophet. People don't even need a prophet to tell what you are. Because it's the time when the branch starts to come out, and you pass by the tree and say, that is a mango tree. When it was a trunk level, you can't tell it was a mango tree. But when you're established, people don't ask if you're a Christian. And they know because by the fruit, by the fruit, you know what you buried. It's a time when you are, now you get established. But it first starts with having the solid foundation. We don't want people, they said, said we're no longer immature like children. We cannot be feeding you with milk every Sunday, every Wednesday, um, deeper night. We're coming and we're telling you what your life is supposed to be like. And you've not taken it back to the person that created you. I did not create you. And there's no prophet that can tell you the complete picture of your life. The moment he can, he becomes God. And so a lot of us, we've gotten instruction. And it, 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 it brought a picture, the vision that the Lord gave me. Because it said a lot of people are restless, not because they don't know what I've called them to, but because they're not properly rooted in me. They've not put in, the foundation is shaky. So when they move from conference to conference, from event to event, and they're hearing five different things, now they're moving restlessly. There's no, there's worry because someone is telling you you're supposed to go A and then that person told you you're supposed to go C and that person tells you you're supposed to go D. And then all of a sudden everybody's a creative. Be established firmly in him. To be established firmly in him. And this I'm going to end the story. Please take me to Mark 11, 12 to 14. This I'm going to end 
this teaching today. Mark 11, 12 to 14. The Bible says the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Stop there. Jesus was hungry. And when I read this, the Holy Spirit stopped me at this point and said that I am hungry. He said, I have given people the word that they need. I don't know why they are still going around looking for an extra word. I've given them the instruction that they need. I don't know why they are still going around looking for extra instructions. I don't know why they are going from sermon to sermon looking for what is, what is not missing. I have given them what they need and I am hungry for the fruit. Jesus was hungry. Jesus that could turn bread, stone to bread was hungry. But he wasn't hungry for food. Take me to the next verse. He noticed the fig tree in full leaf, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But they were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say this. Take, take it back to 13. I want to paint a picture from everything I have taught today. It says, and he noticed a fig tree full of leaf. So that tells me that there was root. Right? Because a seed doesn't have a full tree, full leaf. So there was root, there was trunk, there were branches, but there was no fruit. So what went wrong? What went wrong in that process? It was buried, rooted, built up, established but no fruit. And you can see here, the Bible says that it was too early in the season for fruit. Please take me to Jeremiah. You don't read the Bible, uh, a verse in one place. You do a research and read across. Take me to Jeremiah 17. Thank you. You're in the spirit. Thank you. Jeremiah 17 verse 8. I'm going to read the last part. Actually, take me to NLT. The, just the last two lines. It says, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So the fig tree had no excuse that it was not the season because my Bible tells me you should not stop producing fruit in and out of season. So that tells me, takes me back to John 15 from verse 4 to 7. Bible says in NLT version, it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch, at this point, it has become a branch, cannot produce fruit. It is said it cannot grow. He said it cannot produce fruit because it, what? it has been severed from the vine and it cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So that is telling me that it's possible for me to be root, to, to bury, to start to grow, but then walk away from him. So by the time I notice I'm out, it's too late because can you see the amount of, of roots right here? It's so hard to cut this off. And so... I don't recognize that I've walked away from him until it's time to bear fruit. Bible talked about the parable of, he said, why men slept? So the enemy came and sowed tears. And they were saying, we need to take off the tail. And he said, no, we have to wait till we become a tree to be able to find the wrong thing. But it goes up pretty right. We deal with it when it becomes, when it's little foxes. So it doesn't get to a point where I just realize I do not produce fruit. It goes back to Colossians 2. I told you today this is teaching so you have to follow me because I'm going Bible verse to Bible verse. Colossians 2, take me back to 6. 6. 
six. Okay. Amen. Is it? It affects my flow. Thank you. Um, take me to NKJV. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. It said, so. Okay. Am I, in, am I still in church? So. Walk in him. The moment you step away from walking in him, you will be rooted. Not in him. You would grow. Not in him. And then you will bring leaf. Not in him. But then you will not notice till you don't have fruit. And so I want us to bow our heads. Our prayer is simple this morning. Father, help me to abide in you. I'm not denying that I have a call upon my life. I'm not denying that there are instructions. I'm not denying that I know my, I'm figuring out my purpose. Oh, I even know my purpose. But Father, I don't, I never want to walk away from you. That is, it's too late and I don't notice until it's time to bear fruit. So anyone that do not bear fruit is going to cut them off. He's not going to replant them. He's going to throw them into the fire. Father, I want to abide in you. I don't want to build a life of religiousness that I just know to pray because I'm fulfilling our righteousness. Know to study just because I don't want to feel bad that I did not study the word. Well, Father, I want to build an authentic, tangible, evidential relationship with you. That even when I'm buried, I'm rooted, I am rooted in you. When I'm being built up, I'm being built up in you. When I'm being you know, established, I'm established in you. And finally, I'm able to be a fruit. And if we're praying that, if you're here and you know in your heart that you're not walking in him. You've received all the things that they have said concerning you. But you've forgotten or you've stepped away from the creator himself. Or you have started the journey. You have been rooting the things that have been told concerning you. For some of us, you've already been, been a building that has happened, but you've stepped out of consecration. For some of you, your tree, you're most time for to bear fruit. It's almost your harvest time, but you now think and analyze that I think I have walked away. It is not too late because the Bible said there's a hope for a tree that at the scent of water, it is able to bring forth fruit again. And so if you're in those two categories, I'm going to say a prayer. And I want everybody to pray together. We're going to pray together with them to support them. And then we're going to take a time to pray for them. And the prayer goes, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into our hearts. Help us to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways. And help me to change into the person you want me to be. I love you, Lord. And I proclaim that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name. If you know you said the prayer still, all heads down, all eyes closed. And you're in those two categories of people. One, you've not started the journey with him. You, you know how to do the religious activity. But you don't have a culture with Jesus. You don't have a spiritual culture. And you want to start that journey with him. Wherever you are, please raise your hand. And the second category of people is that you've been rooted before. You've remained in him. You've, you've, you've stayed with him. But 
you know that you've walked away and it's just about time to bear fruit. But you are worried that your fruit might not come because you've walked away. And you want to rededicate and get back and abide in him again. There is hope for a tree even when cut off at the scent of water. If you want to get back your relationship with God, please raise your hands as well wherever you are. You want to abide in him. I tell you it's too late when it's time for fruit. But it's good when you're still in the building up season and you know that the instructions of consecration, you've not been able to follow it. It's been a little hard to follow that instruction. It's been a little hard to spend that time praying. It seems like the spirit of prayer has left you. You came out of conference, but you've not been able to pray. You've been dealing with heavy, the heaviness of your spirit. And you want to get back into him and get back into the walk with him. Please raise your hands wherever you are. Give you a few more seconds. I'll give you a few more seconds. He's releasing peace in place of anxiety. And he's saying, abide in me and I will abide in you. And let us pray for those who've raised up their hands this morning. And so, Father, we pray right now for all your children, even under the sound of my voice online and in person, that I said that I have stepped away, but I want to come back to you. He said, there's hope for a tree. At the scent of water, the water of life, they can come back again. Father, we pray for those who are rededicating and saying, I want to remain and come back to you. Father, like the Father that you are, open your arms and receive them. And for those who are making this decision for the first time and saying, now I am giving my life to you, never to take it back again. Father, we pray that this is a forever decision for them. They would abide in you. They will be rooted in you. They will be built up in you and established in you in the name of Jesus. And there will be an overflow. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' most precious name we have prayed. For in Jesus' most precious name we have prayed. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.